Hi, my name is Jesse, and I help business leaders protect their passions. How? I'll tell you, by working with them to protect their business from today's cyber threats. So grab a coffee or whatever beverage you want and tune in for quick tips and important security news that could save your business today on Coffee and Security. Good morning. Today on Coffee and Security, a couple of big bugs in recent news that uh, has got the cybersecurity community all in a craze. A Christmas wish for all of those in IT and cybersecurity for this coming up Christmas holiday weekend, and small business healthcare cybersecurity basics. Stay tuned. First of all, Merry Christmas. I know it's not quite Christmas until Saturday yet, but uh, this is the last podcast I'll publish until then, so Merry Christmas. Uh, given the craziness in the world and the crappy timing of threat actors, the White House, CISA, other agencies are warning folks, businesses in particular, to be vigilant over the next few weeks regarding cyber attacks. This can come in the form of deals, scams, phishing emails, um, particularly high right now, fake invoice emails, and uh, shopping deals that are actually not real websites that are designed to take your money and you know fraud you uh, my my wish for anyone listening is that we all have a quiet holiday with our family and friends and uh, none of us have to suffer through um, a cybersecurity incident or an it incident over the next few weeks so in the news um, i'm actually recording this on the 22nd in the news we have a, a new sort of bug. So we've all heard recently about the Apache Log4j. Uh, in the past few weeks, there have been multiple patches, multiple releases by Apache to solve issues with the Log4j shell that could cause remote code execution on computer systems, and also some denial of service attacks, but those are sort of lesser of the two evils. At least two of the vulnerabilities that were listed are marked critical, meaning patch right now. They're serious, serious issues. Um, the bugs can allow remote code execution from the internet unauthenticated, and that is a dangerous thing to have. Um, so if you haven't patched the log4j yet or mitigated that threat or determined that it's not uh, something that you uh, have actually in your environment, I urge you to check on that right now before the weekend. Get ahead of that. It's already being exploited in the wild, so it's something you need to be aware of. And I think 2.17 was their latest release for log4j for Apache for that issue. So Apache's other product, you know, you may have heard of this, is their HTTPD web server. Well, um, today um, they've released additional information that there are two critical vulnerabilities or two high vulnerabilities. They don't think they've been quite rated yet by CVSS in the Apache HTTPD web server. So uh, the bugs can allow server crashes, data leakage, and possibly remote code execution. Now, because it's worded like that, I don't think that there are any active exploits in the wild that they're aware of, and I don't think that there are any proof of concepts that they're aware of. 
but Apache is recommending immediate patch as soon as possible to 2.4.52 or newer, to, or there's some mitigation available um, to work around it if you don't load certain modules or um, can manage that. I'll post some links to that uh, news information, the fixes for Apache in the post show notes for this podcast episode. So another big bug in the past week have been, uh, well, it's actually a little bit more older than that, but it's been uh, updated this week, is some new bugs in Microsoft's Active Directory software, which is used by a lot of businesses out there, can lead to easy domain takeover. Well, that doesn't sound good. So basically what happens is if you can take advantage of these bugs to gain domain administrator access, and once you have that, as a former IT person, you can create user accounts, provision permissions, configure rights, uh, access to files and folders, etc. May definitely can latch on and gain persistence in an environment, remote access, whatever it is. Active Directory tends to control access for an identity for anything. So you gotta be real careful there. Another good tip is to make sure you're monitoring your Active Directory for suspicious account access, especially for new domain administrator permissions and things like that that are created. These two bugs are marked high in the CVSS score. Patches were actually released in November 2021, uh, so make sure that you've installed these patches. Microsoft recommends immediately patching. So December 11th, a proof of concept tool to exploit the bugs was publicly released on GitHub. And it basically is making it super easy to, to see this proof of concept, to see this bug in action, to take advantage of these vulnerabilities. And usually after sort of proof of concepts are out there, you start to see exploits soon after. So I would strongly urge if you haven't patched your, your domain controllers, that you immediately patch and get, make sure that those November and actually December patches are out there and installed on all of your servers now. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about small business healthcare cybersecurity. And what do I mean by that, right? So I previously did an episode discussing that healthcare as an industry is actually lagging behind in cybersecurity. So I will post a link to that article as well in case you're curious and then Today's episode is gonna be a little bit more on compliance and news, and I'll reiterate the basics for healthcare for cybersecurity as well. So what do I mean by healthcare cybersecurity, SMBs, so small businesses? I mean, individual practices, healthcare groups, those types of facilities, outpatient facilities that are maybe not directly managed by hospitals, so they don't take advantage of some of the hospital's um, cybersecurity efforts. Uh, and as such, they have the same cybersecurity issues and requirements that uh, every other small business has. And on top of that, they also have compliance requirements, the same compliance requirements as large hospitals and other organizations. And so in the news recently, we, we hear more and more small and mid-sized organizations and outpatient facilities, so healthcare, continue to be targets for healthcare cyber attacks that often lead to PHI or patient health information exposure. So what's going on here? Uh, well, first of all, just as a quick definition update, security doesn't equal compliance. So as we're talking about the different compliance requirements and security requirements, it's important to note that security is great. You have to have it, you must have it, etc. But 
just having the security does not make you compliant with the HIPAA requirements. So you definitely want to make sure you separate that in your mind. And in most cases, organizations, HIPAA compliance officers are actually not IT people or cybersecurity people. Small business healthcare are in the news again. So healthcare can't seem to stay out of the data breach news. I'll post a link in the, in the show notes here, just a, a quick blog on some of the most recent healthcare data breaches. This industry is unfortunately a hot commodity among cyber criminals because of the value of the information they can quickly obtain and the amount of destruction they can do quickly to a lot of people. It's affected a lot of people. And in the news recently, I'll just, just to name a few, we've got, again, I'm sort of recapping Kronos, which is not really a healthcare entity that takes down their healthcare workforce management services. So they experienced a recent ransomware attack and they provide healthcare workforce management, time clock payroll services to healthcare uh, businesses. And we've got weeks until they can go you know, recover from this, which is the you know, unfortunate reality of ransomware, even for a business that's ready for it, is that it can take weeks to recover. We've got a Washington senior care nonprofit. Uh, they had a data breach that affected over 100,000 patients. And we've got cyber attacks that pushed Maryland Department of Health website offline, among other things. And then we've got unprotected databases uh, exposing 170,000 healthcare staff records. So what's, what's different? In 2021, the Department of Health and Human Services Office of Civil Rights, that's the only time I'll say that, OCR for short, is both ramping up their investigations and audits for the HIPAA security and privacy rule, and they're imposing more and higher fines on covered entities that aren't in compliance. Or worse, they've been audited and they're actually in willful neglect or they're not participating with OCR investigations. I've got a couple of links here for the show notes. I'll post it, but the fines are changing. The behavior of OCR is changing. Their enforcement audits have ramped up in 2021. With all the news and ransomware, with everything targeting the healthcare, with the government being more and more cybersecurity aware, this is not surprising. And it's expected to continue increasing into 2022 and only be more and more of something we hear about. Like it should not be uncommon to be audited by the OCR for your participation. So in healthcare, it's super important to nail the basics first. And really that means know your systems, know your network, know your vulnerabilities, assess where you're at, where you need to be, or you can want to be in some cases because uh, you might need more security than HIPAA requires, and then understand how to get there from where you are today. Prioritize and implement. Some of these areas of focus are online asset inventory and classification, so which ones of these are critical, which ones of these are holding patient data, vulnerability management, Advanced endpoint security, and I mean like the advanced endpoint protection, not antivirus, and EDR, so endpoint detection and response, and MDR, managed detection response, so actual humans watching over your environment, threat hunting, etc. 
You need advanced email security, particularly one that focuses on phishing and spoofing and advanced email attacks, BEC attacks, business email compromise attacks, those fake CEO email spoofs, those fake login pages. You really need email security that does all of that more and helps educate your employees as they're in their email. For example, you have a little banner that says, hey, you've never received an email from this person, even though they're pretending to be your CEO. Okay, then you need proper network architecture and network segmentation is, is a key aspect of that. If you have devices that aren't compatible with your endpoint protection, which is out there, I mean, especially in the healthcare industry, you've got some devices that are running software that just can't be patched, can't be managed or even put with endpoint protection, segment that onto their own networks, secure that network. And then the next step here, you know what? Keep your guests and your IoT devices on separate networks. Make sure that your business corporate network, that especially the one that has patient information flowing across it, is isolated and as secure as possible. And then get in to the network threat hunting. So that's get into that network detection and response, we call it NDR, and ramp up the threat hunting and the zero trust and throughout these little terms here but make sure that your devices and their users are safe they're not risky and they're always authenticating against your network that they don't have access to anything they don't need until the moment that they need it etc hunt for threats look for anomalous activity ramp that up on those unsafe networks like the iot networks and your uh, devices that are outdated networks and make sure you're following up and solving those issues. Get multi-factor authentication turned on everywhere. It's 2021, we've been talking about this for years, I've been talking about this for years, but definitely this year has been hot for everyone. Turn on that multi-factor authentication. Yes, it's annoying at first. After that, it's pretty much just in the background. Have proper backups. Have a proper backup and disaster recovery plan. Make sure those backups are resilient to ransomware attacks. That means your backup can't live on the same network if it's not built to be safe from ransomware. So know what you've got, know what it can do. This is more for the IT and cybersecurity folks, I guess. Have a proper incident response plan. And I'm not just talking about IT and cybersecurity incident response. I'm talking about your HIPAA incident response and possible data breaches and how you report and follow up on those, those issues. Make sure that your employees are aware and understand how to report incidents, who to report incidents to, what that looks like and what triggers it. And make sure you're doing those regular tabletop exercises so that your teams that are part of the incident response plan, the incident response team, know how to respond to these things and actually are ready to go and have done it a hundred times before the actual incident happens. And you've got your data protection, your DLP. And we call it encryption as a service and compliance as a service. But essentially, look at, okay, you have data leakage in your network. You may not realize it. Even if your EMR is in the cloud, your electronic health records app is in the cloud, or your CRM, your customer relationship management is in the cloud, you're gonna have patient data in emails and chat messages and logs and on computers. Even if it's a scan document or a fax or somebody downloaded a file because it was easier to do something and left it on their computer, you're gonna have data leakage in areas you never guessed you would have it. 
So uh, when you start to go next level cybersecurity and next level healthcare data management, you look at making sure you're fully aware of where all of your patient health information is and controlling access to it and controlling the flow of that information in a safe way. Primarily so that if anyone gets it that's not supposed to have it, it's useless to them. It's encrypted, it's safe, it's useless to them. All right, so let's talk about HIPAA compliance requirements for a second. So HIPAA compliance requirements, and I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm hoping that you all are well aware of it, and maybe I'll do a separate podcast just on HIPAA compliance. You need to be conducting those security risk assessments annually. Okay, these risk assessments. There are multiple areas. We've got administrative, technical, and I can't remember the last one, but I'll have to eventually edit and update this. I'll put it on the article. But make sure you're conducting your risk assessment annually. I think it's due at the end of this year, so you've got like a week left. Manage resultant risk discovered. So not only conduct a risk assessment, but understand the gap of how to fix these and manage the risks appropriately. That means make progress towards solving the risk. It doesn't mean solve everything on day one. That means you have to show that you're making progress towards resolving these risks. You're developing policies and procedures to safeguard patient information. You have to monitor for suspicious activity. Okay. Uh, it would be very suspicious if somebody downloaded every healthcare record from your EMR, saved it to their desktop, then saved it to their personal flash drive, and then left the office with it, for example. You have to have required HIPAA training for your employees. Okay? You have to have user access control, in particular to patient information, but anyone who connects to your network needs to be identified correctly. They need to be who they say they are and authenticated. And then they need to have access control configured so that they have access to only the information that they need. Even better, when they need it but definitely only have access to what they need, okay? Then you need to have business associate agreements in place with all of your outside orgs. And a step above that is you need to, you need to have them attest to their own cybersecurity risk so that you can see how they are when they're handling your data. And then they need to have, the business associate agreement needs to have language in it that specifically details what they do and how they protect your data and how they notify you in the event that something happens okay and you need to be comfortable working with them that they're going to safely handle your data a lot of breaches have been coming from business associates as well as covered entities so keep that in mind then you need to have your internal incident management process which i mentioned earlier for potential hipaa violations that need to be looked at and followed up on so where do you start? Well, with anything, the very first thing you need to do is learn where you are and where you need to be. Do that risk assessment, do your gap analysis, understand what you need to do to get from here to there, prioritize and take the first step towards improving your environment, cybersecurity and your patient information protection. I hope you found this helpful. Drop me a line. Have a fantastic day. Check the show notes on our blog, insula.tech blog, and Merry Christmas.
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode, new shows twice a week. Follow our podcast, tell your friends, like, share, all the things if you found this helpful. Let's get the word out to the masses so small businesses can better defend themselves from cyber threats. For more information and for personalized consultation, <laughs> head over to our website at insula.tech. That's I-N-S-U-L-A dot tech. And look for the contact us link or check the show notes for a direct link.